Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you live in the Middle Tennessee area in Columbia, Hohenwald, or Mount Pleasant, Safe Storage can take care of all of your storage needs. Contact them at safestoragetn.com. If you would like to sponsor for your children, you can send me an email at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. And if you would like to make a donation to the Free Your Children Ministry in support of biblical education, there's a donation button located on my website. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, email, my new website. Again, that's freeyourchildren.com. And you can also find me at the Borough Pulse. That's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E.com, where I am a monthly contributor. You can put in my name and you can read all the articles I've penned to date about education. Well, tonight, do I have a treat for you? We have a very special guest. Some of you that are in the homeschooling world are probably already familiar with her. Her name is Nikki Truesdale. And when I was setting up this interview with Nikki, I told her that she checked so many boxes, I wasn't sure where I was going to place her in the lineup. So I'm very excited to have her with us. And I want to tell you about Nikki before we get started. Nikki is a Christian wife, mother, mother of five, and grandmother of one. She is the author of Anyone Can Homeschool, a blogger, a speaker, and book lover. Nikki is a second-generation homeschooler. She writes and speaks encouragement to parents about Christian home education in any family dynamic, on any budget, and with any special need. Nikki founded Knowledge Keepers Bookstore in 2020, where she shares her love of history, book lists, and brings old history books back into print. She blogs at NikkiTruesdale.com, KnowledgeKeepersBookstore.com, and is a staff writer for Expository Parenting Ministries and a regular contributor to Learning Well Journal. You can follow Nikki and Knowledge Keepers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Welcome, Nikki. It's a pleasure to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited about the growth of your show. It's so awesome. Well, thank you very much. It's all a God thing. As we were talking earlier, I said if someone had told me a year ago that I would be doing this, I would tell them that they had lost their mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gladly you did not lose your mind, and you are here. (laughs) Well, listen, we are so thrilled to have you with us tonight. I've been a follower of yours for a long time, and I appreciate all the amazing content that you produce, but I want to jump in a little bit and talk about the fact that you are a second generation homeschooler. Tell Mm -hmm. us what your homeschool journey as a child was like. Well, I will. We started 40 years ago. I just started doing the math and it was in 1983. I was 11 years old and um, my parents decided after learning about homeschooling that that was the route they wanted to go for me and my sister. And so uh, they pulled us out of public school at the end of the 1983-84, no, I'm sorry, 82-83 school year. And at the time we were living in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and uh, they had some great friends who 
kind of mentored them through how to get started and how to set up a homeschool day. And um, so it was a very structured little homeschool. We used ACE curriculum and a little bit of Rod and staff. Um, it was such a quaint life. That's what I like to call it because we had a little place out in the country with some animals. Uh, my dad worked very hard so that my mom could stay home, but we had a quiet life. We had a close knit family. And so every day was a very structured school day, but then we had breaks where we'd go outside and roam the pasture or, um, you know, help my mom cook. And we learned to sew and different things like that. It was a very ideal upbringing. Wow. And because it was the 80s, there was not a lot of the kind of community you see today, but we had a very strong support group system uh-huh. where moms and dads would come together every month and have meetings. And we had some occasional field trips and, you know, field days and things like that. So even though it was so long ago, we had a little tight knit community there in our little uh, corner of Oklahoma. That's amazing because this was your parents were some of the pioneers of the homeschool movement. So it was probably I'm not sure when it was legalized in Oklahoma to homeschool, but I would say it was fresh. It was new. Well, actually, Oklahoma had this freedom written into its constitution. And oh, wow. so, um, however, a lot of people didn't know that. And so my parents and my aunt, who had also started homeschooling, were actually arrested within the first month of our homeschool journey in Oklahoma. Wow. And uh, it was kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> but by the end of the day, they were released and sent home with a future trial scheduled but by the time that trial date came around, all the charges had been dropped because the it was a very small town where we lived and mm-hmm. the school officials realized they were the ones in error and that we actually had a constitutional right to homeschool in Oklahoma. Um, and so some of the people that actually worked to get my parents and my aunt out of jail before they were actually uh, incarcerated right. were the people involved in starting Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Okay. Um, so it it was a pioneer thing for sure. It was, mm-hmm. but it it was scary too. I yes. was 11 when my parents were put in that police car. Wow. Um, and you and remember so, it. Yes. And you remember it oh, to this day. And I think, you know, the new homeschool families, the ones that are just beginning their journey that never experienced any of the hardships that our pioneer families experienced, you know, sometimes we forget yes. <laughs> what the pioneers went through, you know, in, in the early days. And it's always um, very a valuable thing for us to remember that it wasn't always an atmosphere where you could just homeschool freely without fear of persecution. Oh, no, we stayed at home. We stayed indoors. Um, It was not one of those things where like it is now where you go and live your life, you know, during the school day. We were very careful, especially after that incident to to stay within doors as much as possible um, during the school year. And then when we moved to Texas, it was not legal. We moved to Texas in 1985 where, mm-hmm. you know, we were from and it was not legal in Texas and we homeschooled anyway. Mm-hmm. But my parents were a lot more involved in the fight for that freedom, which we finally got here in 1994. Wow. Wow. Well, how did, how did being homeschooled prepare you for life, Nikki? That's a good question. Um, You know, 
looking back, I think one of the most important things my parents did was to instill a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And there were, there's so many benefits to homeschooling and it takes all day for me to list them all. <laughs> but I think that's the number one thing that affected me and still is with me to this day mm-hmm. because we, you know, we did all of the normal school subjects and, you know, we had, we had opportunities for socialization and all the things that people worry about. But my parents were new Christians when we started homeschooling. And so it was very important to them to learn all about God, but to also make sure that we learned. Right. And so we did Bible study every morning. We memorized scripture together every day before school started. Um, and my parents made sure that our home was um, a center for mm-hmm. being or uh, the Christian worldview. And they never even used those words. They didn't talk about worldview, but they taught it and they modeled it. Right. And that is one of the most um, lasting things, I think, from my homeschool years. There are lots of other things. We were able to pursue our own interests, which was mm-hmm. a really big deal. As as you know, that's right. one of the benefits. And so for me, that meant I had a lot of time to read because I loved to read. Mm-hmm. And I also developed a love for writing and um, American history and government. So many different things that I wouldn't have had time for if I was at school all right. day every day. So I think those are the two big things was just having a, a normal, a real childhood, not even a normal, but a real right. one with mm-hmm. plenty of family time and time for interests and especially that biblical worldview. Well, and I think you touched on something really important just then when you said that your parents were new Christians. Mm -hmm. So essentially, they were learning right alongside you. Yes. And I think a lot of parents are intimidated, especially if they did not grow up in a home themselves where there was family discipleship. And a lot of them are scared to take the leap. But one of the beautiful things about homeschooling is just open up your Bible and start and you can learn right alongside your children. That's true. And I've been contacted by so many moms who say the same thing. Well, I Mm -hmm. did not grow up reading my Bible. Even people that grew up in a a quote Christian home will say, well, we didn't read the Bible at home or Mm -hmm. my parents never taught me to. So I don't know how to do this with my kids. And I always say the same thing. Just open it up and start reading together and, and learn together. And the Lord is good and he reveals He reveals his word to you as you read and study. He reveals himself to you. So he will equip parents. And I'm I'm really glad that you touched on that because I think maybe that that will give our listeners, maybe if they haven't started a family discipleship program at home, that that will give them the incentive that they need and, and the encouragement that they need to just start. I hope so. Well, let me ask you this. I know that, well, you know that I'm working on a series about single moms that are homeschooling, because that's one of the misconceptions about homeschooling is if you are a single mom, you can't homeschool. I've heard that said over and over, and you and I both know that that is not the case, because you, at one point in time, were a single mom that was successfully homeschooling. Can you tell us about that? Yes, and um, I would use the word successfully very loosely, (laughs) but I what I'll just give you the brief rundown. I I was married to my first husband, but it was a very abusive relationship. And one day 
we ran away. We just mm-hmm. left and went to live somewhere else. And I had to start all over um, financially. I had no home. I had two daughters and they were two and six. So we'd already started homeschooling. Um, and of course, going through divorce like that was very hard on all three of us. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted was to also introduce them to a new way of living every day, which would have been public school and daycare so that I could go and get a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I will say it, it was a struggle, but I was determined to keep my girls at home and to raise them myself and to continue homeschooling. And I, um, I had to find a way (laughs) and it was not easy. I never tell people it's easy, but I always say it's so worth the struggle. And so Obviously, lots of prayer was very important. I mean, I depended solely on God sometimes because um, I had I had a homeschool community and I had very supportive family members, but everyone has their own life and they couldn't always be there for everything I needed. Right. But it really was a time of growing my faith. I tell you what, when when you're in need um, and you trust in God, your relationship with God grows so much. And that's what happened for me. And I learned to trust God when I had no gas money, no grocery money, when my daughters were, you know, suffering from the results of divorce. And I didn't know what to do because I was suffering too. Right. So many different needs. I just kept casting all my cares on, on God. And I, I mean, we witnessed miracles of provision that would not have happened without prayer. And, um, I was working part-time. Sometimes I had some odd extra jobs on weekends. Um, but one of the things that I did was learn how to be relaxed in my homeschool style. Right. <laughs> and that has served me to this day. Um, Absolutely. The flexibility that homeschooling yes, allows and the freedom. I, I realized that my six-year-old did not have to be doing a complete first grade curriculum, but that she needed to be um, loved on. She mm-hmm. needed to be with her, her family um, she needed to be a kid. And so that was a time of really learning a lot about home education besides all the other things we were going through and mm-hmm. being flexible and understanding that she didn't have to learn everything all at once was a huge benefit. Um, I, I absolutely recommend a supportive homeschool community and Facebook groups are good. Online seminars are good, but it's so much different to also have friends in person who are homeschooling. Yes who know you, you know them, a good church home. All of that is so important, especially if you're going through this as a single parent. Right. And and I will also add, I have so many friends that have done this or are doing it now as single parents. And so it's not a, it's not a rare thing anymore, unfortunately, but it is um, so doable. If you understand, you don't have to be on the public school schedule you can do it with free materials and you lean on the support of your community mm-hmm. and absolutely trust in God. Yes. And I think that people, because we're so conditioned to believe, because most of us are products of the government school system. I myself was a product of the government school system. And then I went off to college to be a teacher in the government school system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I was completely indoctrinated into that mindset as well. And I think for a lot of people, you have to unlearn everything that you thought you knew about education, learn to think outside of the box, and that schooling Mm -hmm. or education doesn't have to occur because it doesn't occur at certain times throughout the day. 
it right. homeschooling is an extension of parenting and you and I both know that. And mm-hmm. especially now, since this is our, we're entering our 20th year of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. But at first, my idea of education was sitting at a desk within the four walls of a building. And that is where, quote, school was done. And so yes. I, it's hard, you know, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it had exactly. to be Monday through Friday, you know, from 8 until 2.30, I believe, or 2.45 is <laughs> the typical hours of the school day where we lived at, at that point in time. So I think parents have to learn that learning occurs every waking moment of every day. It doesn't have to be within the walls of a classroom. And we know that most learning doesn't occur in that scenario. It occurs mm-hmm. in everyday life. So, you know, it doesn't, you can do home, you can do homeschool on the weekends. You can homeschool in the yep. evenings. So you have the flexibility to do all kinds of different things and make it fit your schedule when you take the leap into homeschooling. Amen. So throughout your experience of of navigating through divorce and homeschooling as a single mom, you kept your resolve to continue homeschooling your girls. Why did you decide to homeschool your children in the first place? And why was that so important to you? Because it could have been, it would have been much easier if you would have just said, I can't do this. I'm going to have to put them in school and just get a job and my life would be easier. Why was your resolve so strong? that you wanted to continue on this homeschool journey? And why did you do it in the first place? Well, I enjoyed my upbringing in homeschooling so much that I knew without a doubt when I had kids, before I even had the kids, that we were going to homeschool. Before I was married, I knew I would absolutely homeschool my children. And so I didn't have to make a decision. It was already there. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of the the same reason that I said, you know, I appreciated my parents' homeschooling me. The biblical worldview is very important. I absolutely did not want my kids in public school. I mean, I had grown up knowing you didn't have to send your kids. And so it was a no-brainer that my kids would not attend public school. Um, Now, over 23 years, my reasons have multiplied by the Mm -hmm. hundreds. (laughs) But I think the top three are still that the worldview is so much different. Mm -hmm. Um. And that, and by that, I mean, it's not just that we have a Christian curriculum that has Bible verses on each page, you know, or that we pray every morning. It's that their, their curriculum, I choose carefully to make sure that they understand the creator of the universe and that the history in the Bible coincides with ancient history and that it is real and it is provable. Mm-hmm. And, and when we study science and math, they see the God that created this world and they Uh, They get to know that the scientists throughout history, so many of them worshipped the same creator we do. And they saw all the interesting and magnificent things in science through this lens. And I could go on, but that's what I mean is that every part of their education points them to God. Mm -hmm. and, And it strengthens their relationship with him instead of giving them more questions that can't be answered. Obviously, academics are important, and I don't think anyone is a stranger to the failing academic standards of public schools across this country. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the homeschool situation, we have the ability to make sure our children learn and master a subject. We don't have to necessarily worry about the time frame because we're not on someone else's schedule. I know there are some states that are a lot more strict than Texas, where I live, 
But I know for the most part, parents are very clever at working with their children to master subjects and extending the time they need or even moving ahead despite state regulations. They make it work. Right. And that's one of the greatest things is the ability to truly give your children a strong academic foundation because you are involved. You know what's going on. You have the time and the resources to make sure that they're actually mastering the material. And then um, I know this is uh, probably ironic to people who are still not familiar with homeschooling, but socialization is a big thing. And it's one of the reasons we do homeschool, actually, mm-hmm. because the socialization out there in the world is not healthy. It's not the, the kind that I want for my kids. And so within the lifestyle that we've created, we're very careful about socialization and we have the ability to oversee it. Mm-hmm. And to help our children to choose and help them also to even make decisions when they're put in certain situations, you know, how to respond, how to react, how to get out of it, all kinds of things. And so it's funny to say that, but socialization is one of those top reasons right. that we do in school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, and I often tell parents as a former public school teacher, I will say to them, I don't think that you understand that socialization doesn't mean what you think it means in the school system. (laughs) I know I've said it's not friendship bracelets and playground games. That's right. No, it isn't. At at this point, it's whatever's on the internet is on a little smartphone in the hand of some little kid at school and on the bus. That's your socialization now. That's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Yes. And And it starts, absolutely. And it starts as young as kindergarten. I think there's, oh, it does. Yes. I think there's a misnomer with parents that, you know, they're not really um, getting these negative influences until they're older, but that's certainly not so. And, and if you're keeping up with the news, I'm sure you saw the terrible, um, article that just came out just recently about a a small little six-year-old child that had been assaulted at school and uh, was it that in Texas yes it was in Texas and allegedly the parents were not notified that this had occurred and they noticed some changes in the child and then found out that it had been allegedly recorded and it's just horrible and I think that parents do not understand and I've written uh, it was probably over a year ago now an article called public schools are they safe And Mm -hmm. parents do not realize that this actually happens way more Mm -hmm. than they think that it does. And, you know, that article expounds upon that uh, in detail, unfortunately. And it's it's really an eye opener for a lot of parents because I think that they have this false sense of security, not in my school. Recently, I asked you, I'd sent you a message because I wanted a link to an article that you had written. And and the article that you had written actually expounds upon that a little bit the 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 false narrative of a good school or yes. a better school or uh, what's the title of that article again the false narrative of the good school yes yes because i think there are some parents that think that you know these things aren't happening in their school but it's happening everywhere across the nation it is and even if your child is not the one who's sexually assaulted your child is very likely seeing that stuff absolutely on the internet and unfortunately, being taught in the classroom at this yep. point, um, yep. the the football team, the zip code, those things are not what make a good school. And, right. and unfortunately, um, it's going to be very difficult to find a good one at this point. And I will include private schools in yep. that because 
private schools are often just a, a more expensive form of public yep. school. That's exactly what I say as well, too. What do you say to parents when they tell you that they can't homeschool for X, Y, or Z? Well, <laughs> I always say, yes, you can, because yep. I have been through most of the situations that people think are an obstacle. And that's mm -hmm. why I wrote my book, Anyone Can Homeschool, yes. because I started saying that every time I'd receive a message from someone or a phone call, I, I would say, oh, anyone can do this. Uh -huh. And um, that's not because I just needed a book to write. It's because I've been there. I right. was single parent. I was working. I've worked multiple times over my homeschool journey. Mm -hmm. I have had uh, five kids and each one required pregnancy bed rest. Mm -hmm. I've had migraines my whole life. And um, I've homeschooled for, with a whole combination from toddlers to teenagers. And um, also on, an, on a low budget or sometimes no budget because right. we, we were homeschooling there during the economic depression in the early 21st century, mm -hmm. so many different things. And I even include the fact that my mom homeschooled me and my sister without a high school education. I mean, she dropped out of school in the ninth grade. And so anybody can do this because you're not trying to create a home, a, a public school classroom at home, or at least you mm -hmm. shouldn't be. Right. And that's why I say anyone can do it. I've been there. I've lived it. I figured out all the different ways to do it. And I will always tell people there's not a right way to homeschool mm -hmm. because there's not a right way to cook your fried chicken or right. a right way to decorate your bathroom. Mm -hmm. Everybody is unique. And so their family and their homeschool is going to be unique. And so I just encourage people, you're a parent. Now you're going to have more school supplies at home. Now you're going to have a bookcase with some curriculum on it. And that is hasn't changed your parenting. Right. So that's how I say that. Just it's parenting with school supplies. <laughs> Absolutely. And pick up Nikki's book. If you're one of those parents that are saying that you certainly cannot homeschool, you just can't do it, then check out her book. Anyone can homeschool. Now, mm -hmm. Nikki, before you get off here, we have to discuss a topic. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess what this topic is. Let's talk about school choice. Let's do. <laughs> Give our well, listeners your perspective on school choice. I will. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your work in this. That's how I found you was through my research over the past few years on school choice. I first got involved when Texas started introducing legislation for education savings accounts. And I just want to go on record and say it's a Trojan horse. If the government is offering you some money in some form, to pay for your homeschooling, it's a trap and don't fall into that trap. Um, especially if you have, I mean, in Texas, we don't have regulations for homeschooling. There is a very short little section in the education code that tells you what to do. Mm -hmm. It's not enforced. It's a general outline. Um, and any legislation introduced would actually increase government control in homeschooling. And that's the case in so many states. Yes, a voucher, an ESA, they call it all kinds of things now. Parent empowerment, money mm -hmm. follows the child, your tax dollars. It's all the same thing. It's mm -hmm. all government handing out a check. But with that comes oversight and approval and all kinds of new regulations. 
Absolutely. I agree 100%. It is a Trojan horse. It's sweeping the nation. It's nationwide. We have conservatives making it a platform for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, their platform. And it's dangerous to freedoms. Parents don't necessarily understand it. And so it's become uh, one of my missions. And I know Nikki's mission and several guests that we've had on the show to educate parents as to why this is not a good thing and why you should be very cautious and fight against this type of legislation in your area because homeschooling is one of the last freedom frontiers, I believe. In it terms, is. Yes, in terms of education. Yes, and once they get their hands into homeschooling, it won't be free and it'll just be public school in a different location. That's Absolutely. all that's going to happen. It's just going to regulate. It's going to make everything equal. And that's not a good thing. No, absolutely not. Well, before we get off here, Nikki, I want you to give some advice for homeschool parents out there or even parents considering homeschooling. What would you say to them? Uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it right now. Don't wait. And I would say, remember that you are not a public school, you're a family. And so don't try to recreate the public school at home. And it's hard. It's a mindset we all have because it's the American way. Right. And so it's really hard to think outside that. But I absolutely recommend that you think outside the school. Don't try to do everything that you knew. Instead, ask yourself, what do my kids need to know? And how am I going to give that to them? Absolutely. And pray, Mm -hmm. find a local (laughs) community. And um, go to a convention if you can. There's so many state conventions. There's national conventions. It's a really fun place to see all of the curriculum options available. And it what one of my favorite things is just to see all the hundreds of other homeschool families right. and to remember that I am not alone. You are not alone. Um, people have been doing this for a very long time, and it's only getting better. So yes. don't wait. Just Absolutely. Well, what about resources in Texas where you are for homeschoolers? What can they tap into if we have a listener in Texas that's considering homeschooling? Where can they go for resources in your area? Okay, well, so I I recommend starting with Texas Home Educators. It's a resource group. It's um, free. Mm-hmm. There are memberships available, too, if you want some extra benefits, um, and unfortunately, in Texas, our biggest state organization is pushing and even writing the legislation for school choice. So I Mm -hmm. don't support them. I don't advertise for them any longer. Right. Um, Texas is a very big state. And Mm -hmm. so I would start with going to Texas Home Educators website, and she has a great list of resources regionally. And that's what you need to do because I, you know, I'm hours away from Houston. So I couldn't tell you what to do in Texas. It's right. really important to find a regional group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Texas is a great place for homeschooling because of our laws. Right. And um, it looks like the school choice legislation is probably going to die in committee. So I'm very thankful for yes, that. That's great news. Yes. And absolutely. so um, I I would just say that you you can and should find a local group. In fact, I live in a county that has a population, total population, 41,000. Mm-hmm. Um, my town is only 16,000. Right. We have like eight co-ops here, a couple mm-hmm. of hybrids, volleyball, basketball, band, prom, cotillion, right. multiple churches that are homeschool friendly. That's mm-hmm. Texas. Um, so get just get on the internet and search your city and homeschooling and you will find something. 
Great. That's fantastic that there are so many resources available. Tell our listeners, Nikki, where they can find you. Okay. So my website is NikkiTruesdale.com. And that's where you'll find most of my information on homeschooling and, and Christian parenting. I also have my website and bookstore, knowledgekeepersbookstore.com. And then I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under my name. And I post regularly. So come join me in any of those places. I have an email list if you want to sign up for that. And I also send out uh, messages to my small text message list too. That's great. And I will have all these links when your show airs over on my Free Your Children page. And I want to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you have storage needs, you can reach Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. And I want to leave you with this. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 2.2. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.